Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and also please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com for more information about my book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise. In today's podcast, I want to talk about a piece of fitness advice that most people hear from their doctor at least once per year, which is that you should be doing 150 minutes of exercise per week for good health. So everybody, when they go to their physical on an annual basis and they talk to their physician, you probably hear some version of this piece of advice. In most cases, doctors provide this nugget they say do 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio exercise every week and that's about all they recommend this has been the consensus recommendation for many many years but it's actually a bit outdated um, if that's all that you're hearing from your doctor because actually muscle strengthening activity was added to the adult activity guidelines for americans way back in 2008 but many doctors fail to mention this. We'll get into um, why I think they do not mention that in a lot of cases. If your doctor is more up to date or more comprehensive, what they should be telling you is to do 150 minutes of moderate intensity cardio per week plus muscle strengthening activity for all your major muscle groups at least twice per week. That is the complete recommendation. Even if you're only getting the truncated or more outdated recommendation of just doing 150 minutes of moderate cardio, most people hear that and they wonder who has time for 150 minutes of any kind of exercise per week. And that's a fair question. Is 150 minutes every week of exercise realistic for people who live a busy lifestyle, which most people do? And if you factor in, say, two additional full body strength training workouts every week on top of the 150 minutes that you already have to do for cardio, now you're talking about having to do 210 minutes of structured exercise every week just to meet the minimum uh, health requirements. And how realistic is it to think that you're going to be able to do consistently 210 minutes of exercise every single week, 52 weeks a year for the rest of your life? These questions leave many people feeling a bit pessimistic about their ability to control their health, manage their health, and it can be discouraging if you feel like this just isn't realistic for you. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about strategies for meeting the general fitness requirements in less time. And we'll talk about what to do if you are too busy to meet the requirements. We'll we'll answer the question that is probably on most people's minds when they hear this recommendation from their doctor every year, which is, well, is some exercise better than none? Or am I just wasting my time if I know I'm not going to be able to consistently do the amount of exercise that you, my doctor, are telling me to do? So my goal today is to leave you with an exercise strategy that is achievable in the context of a busy life and will provide you with substantial health benefits uh, that anyone can attain. So with that, let's jump right in. The first question I want to address is 
is there any point to attempting exercise at all if you aren't likely or you don't think you're likely to meet the minimum time requirements recommended for adult health, which again is 150 minutes of cardio every week plus strength training on top of that. You may feel like attempting to do any exercise is useless or not going to get you very far because you know you're not going to be able to meet those requirements. But research actually shows that this is not true. You don't have to exercise for 150 minutes every single week to get fitness benefits, which should be really good news. There was a new study just published in February of 2023 in the British Journal of Sports Medicine that found that as little as 11 minutes of moderate intensity uh, exercise every day can provide substantial protection against a range of different chronic conditions such as cancer, cardiovascular disease, and premature death. And this study makes clear that some exercise is definitely better than none and that you can get meaningful health benefits from very short bouts of exercise. So the study showed that people who got just half the recommended amount of exercise every week, so about 11 minutes a day, were able to reduce their risk of premature death by 23%, that's pretty significant, uh, reduce their risk of cancer by 7%, and reduce their risk of developing cardiovascular disease by 17%. So this does show that smaller amounts of exercise definitely provide a, a benefit so even if you can't meet the, the guidelines, the minimum guidelines, you're still definitely hedging against a lot of risk by doing some exercise. You might be wondering, where does this recommendation of doing 150 minutes of moderate cardio every week, which every doctor pretty much is recommending, where does this come from? Where is this recommendation coming from? Well, it comes from a long history of studies that mostly track people's exercise behavior over the course of many years. So people are living their lives and they're, uh, they're self-reporting on the amount of exercise that they do over long periods of time. And nearly all of these studies show that people who consistently get 150 minutes on average of moderate cardio every week see the most profound increases in health benefits compared to people who exercise for different amounts of time, whether it's more than that or less than that. On average, people who meet that 150-minute mark every week increase their, uh, or I'm sorry, reduce their risk of death by 31%. They reduce their risk of cardiovascular disease by 29%, and they reduce their cancer risk by about 15%. Those are the latest numbers that were in that same British Journal of Sports Medicine uh, study that I mentioned just a minute ago. It's important to understand that the benefits that someone can get from time spent exercising should be visualized as uh, as a bell curve on a graph. So people, if you if you think about this visually, you know, imagine a bell curve. People who exercise less than 150 minutes get some benefits, but as you start approaching that 150 minute mark, the significance of those benefits start to increase pretty substantially. And likewise, people who exercise more than 150 minutes um, still get health benefits. They, they get more 
health benefits, but the significance of those benefits starts to decline once you surpass 150 minutes. So if you're thinking about this on a graph, the x-axis would be time spent exercising, and then the y-axis would be the, um, you know, the significance of the added benefit that exercise is bringing. Um, so that's, that's a good way just to, to visualize it. Um, okay, I, I think a great analogy um, to help think about you know, how important is time spent exercising is, believe it or not, uh, sunscreen. So there are many different strength levels of sunscreen that you can get from the pharmacy, right? You can get SPF 30, 50, 70, even SPF 100. But people will get the most significant improvement in protection from just using SPF 15, which is, I think, the weakest or one of the weakest strengths of, uh, of sunscreen. SPF 15 actually blocks out 93% of UV rays, which is what you know, causes all the, the trouble with, with um, skin damage and cancer. Everything more powerful than SPF 15 will bring you a little bit closer to 100% protection, but the difference in the level of protection is pretty negligible compared to not wearing any sunscreen at all. And that's the point I'm trying to make with the analogy. You know, wearing no sunscreen is super high risk. Having any amount of sunscreen on, whether it's 15 or SPF 70 or 100, the most benefit comes from having some type of sunscreen, regardless of its its uh, its strength. Exercise is the same way. A small amount of regular exercise, even if it's just a few minutes a day, is going to provide you with a really significant improvement um, compared to doing no exercise at all. Um, but you get the most benefits from hitting that 150 minute mark, which is the reason that, that doctors tend to really emphasize that part. Um, and anything that you do beyond 150 minutes, I'd never discourage people from doing more exercise if they want to or they're able to, but, but the, the degree or the, uh, the, the significance of those additional benefits start to get smaller as you do more and more exercise past 150 minutes. Uh, it, the, the, the returns at some point uh, start to get so small that you know doing more and more exercise um, starts to probably make less and less sense from a health perspective. Um, okay, so let's now change gears and talk a little bit about how you can make it easier for yourself to get the required amount of exercise um, for good health every week. Okay, uh, first I want to remind you that while we've been emphasizing over the last few minutes the 150 minutes of cardio, that the activity guidelines if you for the United States for adults, if you pull them up and actually read them, they do say 150 minutes of moderate cardio and strength training activity for all your major muscle groups twice per week. And I talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. I think most doctors don't mention strength training because 150 minutes of cardio already sounds like a lot, but neglecting strength training or neglecting to mention strength training, I think is a huge mistake because after you you get into your 30s or definitely you know beyond your 30s you, everyone starts to lose a significant amount of muscle and bone mass every decade 
unless you're doing something to prevent that, which would be strength training and, and eating enough protein in your diet. By the time you're in your 50s, if you aren't doing anything to, uh, to stop the lean tissue um, loss, the amount of lean tissue that you're going to lose by the time you're in your 50s is probably going to start to impact your mobility in some way, which ironically um, makes it more difficult to do any type of exercise and make it much more difficult to meet those requirements if you're not doing strength training. And this loss of mobility just continues to compound as you get older. The loss of mobility and also loss of strength is very often the reason that elderly people um, lose a lot of mobility and end up actually having falls, breaking bones, and a lot of times having really serious health complications related to uh, being you know, bedridden because they've fallen and broken a hip, for instance. Uh, so in a lot of cases, this leads to decline. So while strength training can add to the weekly time requirement for exercising, it's just as important as doing cardio. In the long run, I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up discovering that strength training was actually more important for general health and fitness than doing cardiovascular exercise. Okay, so the reality is that if you take the traditional approach to exercising, uh, strength training is definitely going to add more time to your weekly exercise requirement every week because you would be doing strength training separate from cardio. So you'd be doing your 150 minutes of moderate cardio um, and then you would have to add probably two different uh, strength training workouts to your regimen during the week to, to meet all the requirements. So you again, you would end up doing 210 minutes per week, which is more than three hours of structured exercise. The good news first is that, as we've already talked about, is that you definitely get meaningful health benefits from doing any amount of exercise, even if you don't hit that, um, that recommended threshold. So some is better than none. But the other thing that is, is really good and that most people don't know, and this is something that a lot of doctors uh, don't, don't mention or emphasize, is that you can actually reduce the time requirements of exercise by increasing the exercise intensity. So for cardio, the current guideline says, if you, if you read it in its entirety, it says 150 minutes of moderate cardio per week, or it says 75 minutes of vigorous exercise per week or some combination of moderate and vigorous exercise, which would put your, uh, your time spent exercising somewhere between 75 minutes and 150 minutes. So th this already points to a way to be able to get the same level of health benefit, but in less time. And don't let the the term vigorous exercise scare you off. It doesn't mean killing yourself. What it actually means is that you're exercising at an intensity where you wouldn't have the extra breath to carry on a conversation with somebody while you're engaged in the exercise. So if you're, you know, if you're if you're doing some kind of exercise, you wouldn't be able to string a sentence together. You may be able to give a one or two word response, but you, you wouldn't be able to talk in complete sentences. Moderate intensity exercise means that you could carry on a normal conversation while you're doing the exercise, but 
you wouldn't be able to say sing a song to belt out uh, some you know your favorite song on the radio. You wouldn't have the the additional breath to be able to do that. So that is what moderate intensity exercise looks like. Most people are healthy enough to engage in vigorous exercise. Uh, so that should be good news because it's a way to reduce the amount of time that you need to spend exercising. But if you have concerns about your ability to do vigorous exercise, you definitely should talk to your doctor um, if you have any concerns around that before you try to implement it. So that should be good news uh, because what it ultimately means is that one minute of vigorous exercise counts as two minutes of moderate intensity exercise. And you can use this fact to your advantage to make it easier to get in all the exercise that you need every week and get the maximum benefits um, as efficiently as possible. So how do you go about doing this? I think the very best way to leverage vigorous exercise is actually through strength training. Yeah, you, you heard me right. I'm, I'm not gonna advocate that people do hard running or fast pedaling on a bike or you know swimming as fast as you can strength training done correctly really counts as vigorous exercise if you're doing any kind of strength exercise with a challenging level of resistance and you're keeping your muscles under tension for somewhere between 30 and 60 seconds for each one of your your strength training sets that actually you know elevates your heart rate it ramps up your metabolic processes to a a vigorous level and this is why i'm such a huge advocate of circuit style workouts uh, so a circuit workout is one where you have a series of different strength training exercises that you do but you're not taking breaks between sets so you do you know let's say 8 to 12 repetitions of one exercise and as soon as you complete that you move right on to the next exercise in the circuit and you complete several different um, exercise stations um, and so that is that is circuit training when you take this approach you keep your heart rate elevated for the whole duration of the workout in other words you can make strength training if you do it this way, count double. It can serve as strength training. Obviously, you're working your muscles, but it also allows your strength training to double as cardio because you're keeping your heart rate elevated for an extended period of time. So if you structure a circuit workout um, that doesn't have breaks in between, you're really getting great vigorous cardio in addition to strength training um, in half the time, essentially. There are many ways that you could structure um, a circuit training plan to take advantage of this. Um, one way is that you could do cardio, steady state, moderate cardio, most days of the week, and then you could do two days a week, a 10 to 20 minute full body uh, circuit style strength workout. Or you could do just two to three strength exercises each day, doing different ones, you know, day over day, um, and mixing those in with some moderate intensity cardio. Uh, this is the prefer the preferred approach from my perspective. Um, I, I I like doing it that way, but it's not the only way to to take advantage of um, of circuit style training. The point is that if you weave strength training into your exercise regimen in some way and 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 um, really use circuit training um, it is going to first not add additional time requirements 
uh, to the total amount of time you need to spend and it's actually going to reduce the total amount of time that you need to spend exercising every week. I've done several other podcasts explaining exactly how to design a circuit style workout that includes strength training. So if, if you want to get into the specifics of selecting exercises and how to how to group them together on different days, I've, I've covered all that in other podcasts. So go back and check out the podcast that I've done on, uh, on exercise design or workout design. My goal today is to point out that strength training actually makes it easier to um, to do the amount of exercise that you need to do to get the maximum benefits and meet the recommended health guidelines. And if you're too busy to meet the basic time requirements or the minimum time requirements, the good news is that you will still get um, good efficiency, good health benefits from doing shorter workouts, especially if they include strength training circuits uh, like we like we just talked about. So if somebody only had five minutes per day to exercise, I'd much rather see them do one set of eight to 12 repetitions of a few different strength training exercises, maybe three to four. You'd be able to get through that in five minutes. I'd much rather see somebody do that than do five minutes of jogging or biking or swimming, for example. Um, so just here's an example. Uh, if someone tried to do one set of 10 chest presses, rows, and leg squats, you could get that done in five minutes without taking breaks in between. This would provide you with five minutes of vigorous cardio, plus it would work a really large percentage of all your major muscle groups in just five minutes. Um, and so if you did a workout like this every day, five minutes a day, it would be equivalent to doing 70 minutes of moderate intensity cardio per week. So even if you're just putting in um, you know, 35 minutes a day, which is what you would be doing with a five minute workout every day, um, you can see you know, how significant that actually adds up, how significant uh, the, the, the time equivalent adds up to compared to moderate cardio. And the reality is that once you get comfortable with doing short workouts, even if it's just five minutes per day, um, when you start to notice the difference in your physique and your strength and your energy levels, you're probably going to be much more willing eventually to um, increase the amount of time that you spend exercising because you're physically experiencing the benefits um, and hopefully that's valuable and you would want to do more. So the big takeaways that I want to end on here are that research shows that some exercise is definitely better than doing no exercise. You shouldn't be skipping strength training. Uh, it's just as important as cardio. And remember that strength training can count as cardio in addition to delivering strength benefits if you structure your workouts correctly. If you take the circuit training approach uh, and not having passive rest periods in between your different strength exercises. Again, you can go back and listen to my podcast on workout design if you want to learn more about how to set this up for yourself. Um, but just in case you're wondering, I'll go ahead and just call out here that yes, uh, you can definitely take this approach at home. In fact, I think it works better in a home gym setting. Uh, even if you don't have uh, a, a formal home gym or you don't have a ton of space uh, in, your, in your, your house or your apartment to do this, you can definitely find a way to make it work. I, do, I think it's actually easier than trying to do a circuit workout in a gym. Uh, anyone really can get health benefits from exercise and it doesn't have to take up a lot of your time if you structure your workouts to be as efficient as possible. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to gain access to other podcasts and articles, access my free fitness calculator tool, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is available wherever books are sold. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes.